Are you ready? It's that time! Hello and welcome to your favorite podcast called Man Buns and Jesus. If there's another one that exists in the world, they're worse than this. That's all I got to say about that. I'm Pastor Ben Olschlager, supremely humble, uh, pastoring out of the great state of Michigan. With me today, as always, is your favorite Jim Bro. Bro. <laughs> and Nashville Predators fan. Um, unless you're good friends with his brother, then I don't know. That's fair enough. Anyway, as, far as a quick Google search shows, there is not another podcast named Man Buns and Jesus. Although yeah. apparently there was briefly a WWE wrestler who they called Man Bun Jesus. Um, huh. Yeah, we're not affiliated. Uh, oh. That's Pastor Josh Laborious, though, of uh, the sunny state of California. <laughs> it's cloudy outside. It's supposed to rain today. I had like a 95% chance of being right, and I was wrong. Yeah, probably better than not. It was probably <laughs> 97 to 99% chance you were right. And um, uh, you picked the first day in months that it is going to rain. <laughs> uh, today we're circling back. Um, to He's circling back. Uh, this is season, this is an episode, a new, a new thing. Yeah, this is season five. Good gravy. Um episode like 102 yeah season five episode one um we are circling back on a format that we've done in the past um but into a new season we're going to take a look at the book of exodus over the next god knows how long um i don't say that disparagingly seriously only god knows how long it's going to take us to get through the book of exodus um and as we've done in the past, we're looking at this with the eyes of uh, where does where does this inspire our hearts to to think about uh, Christian living and ministry and all those things. And um, we're actually just going to skip over chapter one today because you can't tell us what to do. Yeah, pretty uh, much. And Josh is going to hit you with chapter two. Yeah. So we're starting in chapter two. We are. For whatever it's worth, we are starting at the beginning of chapter two. Um, starting in verse one, it says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him in a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And when his sister, or and his sister, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now, the daughter of Pharaoh came to bathe at the river, while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on the child and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. 
So the girl went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Where are we going with that, Ben? So I'm actually kind of thinking of a few things here. Because what we see in our text is a, a pretty clear example of one kind of like oppression or hardship or um, I don't know whatever you want to whatever you want to phrase that as term that as spiritual difficulty um, where there is a worldly force applying oppression to God's people. The the part in chapter one that we skipped over that's kind of persecution important. was probably the word you were looking for. Yes, but also no. You'll see why in a minute. You'll see why in a minute. Oh, chapter um, one really feels like some persecutions going on here. There, there is definitely some persecution going on here, but that's not how I'm categorizing these things, Josh. Well, Wait, fine then. You can't read the inner bun. Um, ben can't read the inner bun. That's entirely true at times. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so the part that we skipped over in chapter one is where it describes, for those of you familiar with the book of Exodus, how Pharaoh went about keeping the population of Israel low um, by instructing the midwives to kill off the baby boys of the population so that they couldn't continue to grow and become um, such they an become a military competent, militarily competent force. Yeah, or just population-wise, become a threat. Um, and so we see that clearly. But in the book of Exodus, we also see another kind of oppression, mostly targeted at Pharaoh, where God allows Pharaoh's heart to be hardened and allows him to, to wrestle with the forces of darkness and evil um, for God's purposes. But it's another kind of way that that people find themselves in hardship, in oppression. Um, and then there are times where just the pure circumstances of a thing are the oppression. It was a very human oppression that led to Moses in a river in a basket. But once he's there, that is like the the... the the randomness and chance and like all of that that could have taken place that God had in his hands um to me is just kind of a whole nother whole nother ball game uh, in terms of the ways that that people can suffer in our world and we'd like to take a look today at how God remains faithful to us in these different kinds of circumstances where we face um, oppression or hardship because of our faith or um, because of our background or whatever the case may be, where we face oppression or hardship because 
the forces of Satan have it out for us, because that happens from time to time. Where we face oppression or hardship because um, the circumstances we find ourselves in just dictate that that's what we need to struggle with. Um, because sometimes it's not necessarily a satanic thing. Sometimes it's not necessarily a uh, persecution thing. Sometimes it's just you're living in a country full of drought. And if you're Josh, you never have water anyway. So, like, how how do we as God's people respond um, in those different circumstances? And we can look to Moses as an example for a lot of this. We can look to his mom here for an example of some of this too. But um, systematically, not theology-wise, but just organizationally, I guess. You want to just rifle through those? Uh, I got to be honest. I only heard like half of the things you just said because my mind went down a tangent that led me to Wikipedia. So, okay. So, <laughs> for because I want to throw this out before we move too far into what is the podcast proper. Are um, you looking up the word "dobbed"? No, I'm. I what? How dumb do you think I am? Not to if you're a listener and you don't know what the word "dob" means, you, I'm not calling you an idiot. But read a book. Um, no. Uh, so you were t- you mentioned how random it is that kind of this basket with Moses in it found its way to Pharaoh's wife. So I was like, well, how random was it? Because if you if you picture if like you're picturing the Nile and you're picturing like a little stream where like you can you can really if you can swim just a little bit you can get from one side to the other no problem it's like it's not that random okay the the river only goes one way however the Nile at its widest point is almost two miles across so it's it's like uh it's a mighty river right there's a reason that civilization sprung up alongside the nile um worth noting we're probably in the delta because that's where a lot of the early egyptian civilization was but like depending on how far down the river moses went like there are hundreds of branches of that river that his basket could have floated down yeah, and he just happened to go down the one where Pharaoh's daughter was bathing. Is it, it, is, it isn't like the mom was like, I'm going to go upstream from Pharaoh's daughter a little bit and put this. And second, like this were these were Pharaoh's instructions. Ben mentioned uh, that Pharaoh was like, you have to kill the baby boys. The specific instructions were, um, this is in, this is in one. And this is one verse 22. Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born of the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile. So sometimes we're like, oh, Pharaoh's like Moses's mother is like stepping out in faith or something. And maybe like there is some of that, but she is doing what Pharaoh has instructed the Hebrews to do. She is casting her son into the Nile. Uh, like if, if God was not involved, odds are this child dies is either from exposure or maybe more likely is eaten by something. Okay, so when Ben says, like, this is a God thing that Moses finds his way to Pharaoh's daughter, much less 
that she's like, yes, I'm going to adopt this child I just found in the river. Um, this is a God thing, right? God has stepped in at this point. So that's the tangent I went on. I apologize that I was not being a good co-host and listening to your ideas for our direction from there. No, I, I think the, uh, the addition of that like level of how how much needed to coincide in the right direction like i think that further leans into some of this stuff but um to recap for josh oh gee uh, if, perhaps not for the rest of us you can just pick a topic and i'll i'll use context clues to figure out where you're going okay we don't yeah we don't have to all, all you listeners we won't make you suffer through a list again there's no i'm gonna make you suffer through a list again well i guess ben hates you guys it's it's this short podcast, it's, it's short it's short i have an i have an idea for a new t-shirt we're gonna make for man bones and jesus um if this podcast were the devil and the angel on your shoulder today ben is going to be the devil on your shoulder and i'll be the angel on your shoulder which does mean you're screwed if i'm the angel speaking in your ear you are toast but uh Anyway, Ben, continue. Um. Anyway, so here, here's the three kinds of like hardship or oppression that I like. We've already seen in the book of of Exodus, um, or we will see later on. That's worldly, so person on person. Um, you could call this persecution. Um, that's I think how you generally would find it in the world. Um, two satanic where Satan or his forces are causing hardship in your life. Um, or three, just the pure circumstances of the thing, whether it be in this case, um, as a child floating down a river, you are up to the, the whims of the Nile or um, the, the graces of the hippos. Um Still the deadliest animal in Africa. I was about to say, oh, that is the deadliest animal that you might find in and around the Nile. That's not what people are picturing. When I said something's going to eat this child, I guarantee almost everyone listening was like... Crocodile. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's actually secondly, second most deadly in Africa. I keep forgetting about mosquitoes. Um, well, are the mosquitoes deadly or are the bacteria that mosquitoes carry deadly? or viruses i don't i don't know which the pathogens pathogens are are creatures too ben but they're not animals fine whatever they for whatever for whatever it's worth they get credit for the the they like, get credit for the kill. yeah i guess is that is that the same is that the same logic of uh, of the guy's shirt in Happy Gilmore? Guns don't kill people, I kill people? No. Yes. That is the same logic. Yeah. If you don't exactly. know who I'm talking about, go back and watch Happy Gilmore. If you've never seen Happy Gilmore, why are you listening to this podcast? Because I, I, I feel like if, if you can't appreciate Happy Gilmore, you probably don't appreciate how we go about this podcast. Anyway, not Ooh. that I'm trying to lose listeners. Happy learned how to putt. <laughs> um, 
I'd play golf if I could play with a hockey stick. No, <laughs> I still wouldn't play golf. Anyway, um, so I was, I was just thinking like we could work through those different ways that we face hardship and talk about some of the examples that we see here of how God helps his people through them um, and like how they cause us different challenges. So the, uh, the obvious one here to me, at least is that kind of like persecution or worldly hardship or oppression. Um, yeah. And I, I want to go back a little bit, not to justify Pharaoh, but to explain a little bit what, so if, if you'll recall, and if, if you, if this is new information to you, that's fine. Then you're just getting a quick run through. So toward the end of um, Genesis, Joseph, who a lot of us are familiar with, Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery. He's thrown out the cool coat. Yeah. Not after he got sold into slavery, but um yeah, that was all bloody and torn up. Yeah, they dipped it in, I think goat's blood, I think is what they say. Anyway, so Joseph sold into slavery and Egyptian buys him. Uh, Joseph does really well, and the Egyptian like elevates him, but then the Egyptian's wife tries to sleep with Joseph, and Joseph's like, No, uh, you are my master's wife. And so she lies about Joseph um assaulting her, which didn't happen, but he gets thrown in prison anyway um again he's kind of elevated in prison he's respected and honored by the jailer he's still in prison like don't get me wrong yeah. but We're, all things are relative when you're still in prison yeah uh, but it does get to the point he interprets some dreams and eventually kind of his gift for that gets elevated to the pharaoh he gets an audience before pharaoh he interprets pharaoh's dreams and one thing leads to another, Joseph ends up the second in command in all of Egypt. Da, 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 da. He brings his family to Egypt. And Pharaoh, that Pharaoh gives Joseph and his family land where they settle. And God blesses them. And they grow in abundance. Okay, so you kind of skip a little bit. Joseph dies. And... Then you get to Exodus, and this is Exodus 1.8 says, there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. So this is kind of what happens. The Pharaoh who had an appreciation for what Israel was and, and what Israel was doing died. And the new Pharaoh, all he knew was there was a massive and growing ethnic group that wasn't his people within his borders and on one level like if he's looking at as a ruler and he is intending to maintain his control over this area i can understand why that would be concerning i don't know that having them kill their babies is the way to handle that threat but i think we can say with pretty strong confidence that genocide is never the way to <laughs> Yeah, and the not the answer. Um, yeah, but that's kind of where Pharaoh is coming from. So for him, it's not necessarily a hatred of the Israelites. It is a concern for his own worldly authority. And some of the reason that I bring that up is because I think in 
in a lot of circumstances today, and I think maybe a growing percentage of circumstances today, when Christians are quote-unquote persecuted. And I say that because I think it's fair for us to talk about things that maybe some of us would call persecution that are not actually persecution, right? Persecution happens in places like China. Persecution is not really happening in most parts of America. I won't say it never happens, but... There are localized places where it happens, but it it's... It's not as much as, as we maybe talk about, okay? Yeah. Um, just because we're not the favored part of culture anymore doesn't mean we're being persecuted. Anyway, and, but I we can still talk about though, that, though, and kind of this experience of having a rougher go of things. Anyway, the reason I bring that up is because if we look at the motive, I think for most people, it's not that they hate Christians. It's not that they hate Christianity so much as they are trying to protect something that they do value. So in Pharaoh's case, he was trying to protect his power. In the case of, um, I think actually, probably in a lot of cases where we see the church or Christianity being disrespected um, or treated poorly in America today, it is because people are protecting, essentially, they're... <laughs> their sins or their or their freedom to sin or their like they i think in most instances it comes down to we are saying something is wrong people don't like being told they're wrong so it's not that they hate christianity it's that they they want to do what they can do like they they want their their freedom but they're trying to preserve the the like constitutional rights of life liberty and pursuit of happiness and that no longer looks like the christian ethic yeah and that's what we're i mean that's what we're running into in a lot of ways and on some level i think they're also trying to protect themselves from past abuses of the church which is fair ish I mean that's like two percent of it. Yeah, you're you're well, and even you're painting with a broad brush. Yeah. Um, I. So, that's what we always do. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, you can't you can't talk about specifics with any anyway with any sort of usefulness. Um, yeah. But what I want to point out is we have this worldly persecution, and how do the people of God respond? Well, they rely on God. Mm -hmm. But like, like I said, this isn't Moses's mom being conniving and, and figuring out a way to, to save her son. And, um, and we'll get to this later. Like Moses isn't, this isn't some grand scheme. He's pretty resistant of what he becomes a, uh, a tool for mm -hmm. in God's plan. Um, this is God at work to care for and rescue his people. And you get, you get the famous quote uh, uttered creatively by Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction uh, that God says, I am, something along the lines of, I am vengeance, I will repay. 
and it's a really consistent theme through scripture of when we are oppressed or whatever word you want to slot in there it is not our job to take that to take it upon ourselves to overthrow or to uh to kind of take matters into our own hands that onus is on god who promises to take care of us who promises to take care of the least of these and we mm -hmm. can trust him to do that mm -hmm. sometimes it just doesn't happen as quickly or in the shape that we might want it to and that can be that can be really hard yeah you're dealing with a really crappy situation and you're praying to god get me out of this get me out of this whatever it is and you wake up the next morning you're still in that same place um, i think i think one thing that's maybe helpful for us too in this like if you're hearing what josh is saying and you're thinking to yourself so our, our response is to sit back and do nothing that's also not quite right. Like, look yeah. at look at the example of Moses's mother, because the strict instruction that Pharaoh gave the midwives that dealt with the Hebrew women was toss the babies in the river. Right? Not carefully set them in a floating basket. Yeah, Moses' mom kind of does that. And send your daughter to watch to see where he ends up. Yeah, exactly. Like, she takes care to provide for her son as much as is possible in hopes that there are opportunities for God to show his, his mercy to this child. Yeah, so maybe, well, and even God acts through people. So maybe a way to look at it is we are not, we're not in the business of creating our own opportunities, but we are in the business of taking advantage of the opportunities God puts in front of us, which, mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, in America, we have a lot of those opportunities, um, right? If, if you think that uh, the government is, if you want to see the direction of government go away that aligns more closely with your faith, you have the opportunity regularly to give input on who is in charge. To whatever degree that can support the, your, our faith being a part of the government, right? We're, we're not here to talk about that. We're definitely not here to talk about that. Um, and when it's, you know, when it's instances in culture, like, we can take the opportunities we're given. Just sometimes it it will mean sacrificing something on our own behalf. And and something that comes to mind for me is um, back when I was in high school, I I applied for I never ended up getting a job in high school. But I applied for a few. And for me, because uh, it was I was looking for summer jobs. And we had church on Sunday morning, we had youth group on Sunday night, and we always had youth stuff on Wednesdays. So with every job application I put in, I said, cannot work Wednesdays, cannot work Sundays. Now, that probably hurt my chances of getting called in for an interview. 
right? And the similar, because once I was in college and I had part-time jobs, I, I made this statement, I do not work Sunday mornings. Um, and in some ways, that makes your life a little more difficult. It takes away some flexibility. But I had this opportunity to ask off on, or to say I don't work on certain days, and I took it. If you're in a, in a role and you're like, I can't, I work on Sundays, you can say I don't work Sundays. You may have to stay later some other time. Like you may have to put up with something. You may have to suffer a little bit and make a sacrifice because you're not willing to work Sundays. But you, in a lot of cases, you have the opportunity to do that, um, which I think is a low, uh, it's a non-threatening example. Like we have these freedoms in America we can take advantage of, we can take opportunity of, uh, at very least to align our lives with the faith we profess. Mm -hmm. It's, there's just not always free. Mm -hmm. That's fair. So you shouldn't really call them freedoms. I, well, you know, freedom's not free, Ben. I read that on a t-shirt. You should, you should call them pay for, pay something for this dumb. Why would I pay for a dumb? You can That's get a good question. For free. Uh, uh, yeah, we're so funny. No, oh. if I edited these podcasts at all, I would probably cut that bit out. I don't. Uh, I don't edit any of it. It's it's better with it in there. Um, <sighs> let's be honest with ourselves here. So, in in the midst of of hardship or, um, you know, even in persecution, um, we we certainly have these responsibilities to remain faithful and. Uh, to act in faith where and when we can. Um, how do you think that changes then when the the thing causing the persecution goes from people to Satan? Well, your opportunities disappear. Yeah. This is something I... This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's a tangent worth walking down a little bit. Um, I think people fall into two extremes when it comes to thinking about Satan. And if you're listening, like you listening to this, maybe you fall into one of these extremes, in which case I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on it a little bit. So on one hand, there are people who completely disregard Satan. Either like there are people who say who would say, well he's really a metaphor. Like the devil doesn't really exist. There is not this supremely powerful evil entity, not supremely powerful, penultimately powerful. Uh, that means second to the most powerful. Um, little SAT word there for you. Um, he's not out there seeking our downfall. Or he, he doesn't really have any power to do anything. Biblically, I can say those things are incorrect. He has the power to do a whole a whole lot. He's been given a, a, a long leash here on earth. And he is way more powerful 
than we could possibly imagine. On the other hand, in the other extreme, there are people who kind of attribute to him being God's equal, but on like kind of a yin and yang. Well, God is supremely powerful and he's good. And the devil is supremely powerful and he's evil. That is not the case. Satan's power doesn't hold a candle to God's, right? There is no competition. There is no contest here. But all this to say, when we're talking about, well, what if we're being spiritually persecuted by the devil and his kin? There is no opportunity you can take advantage of to do anything because you can do nothing. You have no power, right? Like it's, it's like, uh, it's like my son, uh, my son is, uh, almost four months old. His, his hands are about yay big. And, uh, if we were to arm wrestle, he would not be able to do anything. He can't even sit up on his own yet, right? I am a, I am a weightlifter who is fairly good at what I do. There would be no contest. And frankly, that's kind of what we're dealing with. We can barely sit up on our own and Satan benches 400 pounds. Like that's that's kind of just a, a, a window into the scope we're talking about. And that's underplaying it. So when we say, well, we got to take our opportunities, what opportunities do you... Sir, pray. Your opportunity is pray and, and and let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And go to places the Holy Spirit promises to reside, right? Receive communion on a regular basis. Be in church. Be in the Word. Because that's where God has promised to be, and that is your only hope. If you feel spirit, spiritually persecuted, uh, my brother or sister in Christ, pull out your Bible. Because that is all you've got. That is your opportunity. Confess the creed, pray the Lord's prayer, call on the name of your Lord. Yeah. Which, they, back in the time where there were witches, they used to be, they used to say like, a wit, because a witch is in league with the devil, the witch can't say the Lord's prayer. And I'm like, they did all these tests where like they drown people or whatever else. It's like, couldn't they just say, can you say the Lord's prayer? And if they could, well, I guess you're not a witch. Like what? That's always confused me. Um, but I guess if yeah. you're really intent on burning someone at the stake, it, it, you're not really looking for something to yeah. let them off. Get the bloodlust. It's really hard to think logically. Yeah, um, fair enough. This is what, also right. What I... do we do with witches? We burn them. What do we burn apart from witches? More witches. What? <laughs> <laughs> In what, what way is the what same else as wood? Water, very small rocks, lead. If you I, don't know yeah. this movie that I'm quoting here, again, educate yourself. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It is one of the greatest comedy movies I have ever seen. <clears throat> and if you tell me otherwise, I don't know that we can be friends anymore. They pretend they're riding horses through the whole movie by clapping coconuts together. And the main characters pretend that's not what's going on. They dismount their invisible horses on more than one occasion. What a great movie. We are so far from the point we started this podcast on. I, 
my so honestly my head thought went to when you were talking about the ways that we we push back on this kind of thing my head went to so you're telling me we shouldn't challenge the devil to a fiddling contest not unless you can win <laughs> ben is referencing a song that is the only country song on my favorites playlist called the devil went down to georgia and the song is really about how there are so many faithful people in the state of georgia that the devil had to go there personally to try and get one and he couldn't do it because georgia's the second best state in the union tied for well tied for a second i'll say tied for a second first is tennessee okay then you look confused first is tennessee uh florida and georgia are tied currently because florida doesn't have an income tax and georgia still does i think they're working on getting rid of this again you need to stop me from going all, on all these tangents i'm obviously not focused enough to actually be recording a podcast right now what is going on i have hundreds of milligrams of caffeine in my system still from my morning workout like i should be laser focused Maybe it's because you have hundreds of milligrams of caffeine. No, it's fine. Coursing through your veins. It's probably fine. That uh, you you can't focus. It's probably fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, I mean, I I agree with you completely though. Like, our our response to persecution or oppression or hardship in the face of uh satan or his or his forces is to to lean into the things that our god has for us um because for anyone who uh is watching the video you can now see my son's hand oh this is just my son you can see his hand see he's not winning an arm wrestle with anyone yeah this he's is true. amazed that he's on a screen right now he can't believe that like, <laughs> What black magic is this that my like, face wait is Wait a second, visible. that looks like me. <laughs> How does he have any concept of himself at this point? Uh, sometimes we'll put him in front of the mirror just to see what he does when he sees himself. I tried that with our dog he is, once. He is not even four months old yet. So it, it took our dog a few months of doing that to stop barking at herself. Um, <laughs> we have no mirrors low enough to the ground that Ghost can see himself in the mirror. That might be intelligent. It's not on purpose. It's just that's how that's how our apartment is. Fair. Um, but I think we've covered. I mean, the, the reality is that demons and Satan are the ones who are coming after you. Your only hope is God. Yeah. So meet him where he promises to be. Yeah. And the last form of hardship that I wanted to bring up today, and this is another one that we, like I said, we kind of see in our story of just the circumstances that you're in. Um, there will be times, there will be places where you're you're not being pressured by people. You're not being pressured by, by Satan or forces of evil. You're just being like put to the test by the circumstances you find yourself in, in the world. Um, in scripture that often happened through drought or famine um though one very famous instance there was a flood um it's notable it, it is pretty notable um 
I think of in, in my own context here, um, circumstances surrounding like car accidents or power loss or, um, like the heater goes out because a part in your appliance breaks. Like these are not acts of Satan. Uh, these are just the thing wore thin and now is the time that you get to suffer because of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of suffering, Ezekiel. Um, <laughs> well, where I want to kind of maybe insert some chaos, some additional chaos in this conversation that has obviously been very orderly and on focus so far, um, is if you look, Egypt, the Israelites are kind of stuck in Egypt and, and a good Old Testamenty word for what they're doing is they are sojourning in Egypt. They are strangers in Egypt. This was prophesied to them. Both, I think both Abraham and Jacob were warned by God or by a messenger from God, your descendants will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs. Like this, God, ultimately, God is the one who sent the Israelites to Egypt. So when we say, well, call it the laws of the natural world, um, some of this, I, I think you can say, we live in a broken creation, and it's broken because of us, right? We're the ones who broke it. Um, thinking of your example of the part in the heater, right? Some of the entropy happens, right? But I don't think we should discount that through some of these things, it is God at work. Mm -hmm. And we'll get this, you'll, we'll see this kind of as it comes out throughout Exodus, but God is very much behind the situation the Israelites are in. And part of it is because he is teaching them a lesson about who he is, about how much he cares for them, and about how far he's willing to go for them. Like in a little yeah. bit, we're going to talk about the plagues of Egypt. God's willing to go really far for his people. And in a lot of ways, well, and the New Testament does this intentionally. There are parallels drawn between the Exodus, which is the course focus of the book of Exodus is the Exodus. Um, what a thunk. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of parallels between the Exodus and what Jesus accomplishes on the cross. Now, the Israelites were freed from literal slavery and in uh, in jesus we are freed still from literal slavery but in a more abstract sense slavery to sin and there are a lot of these parallels and part of the reason that the israelites get stuck in this situation is because and it's maybe it sounds it sounds tough but god is making a point about who he is and what he's willing to do for his people um So sometimes we're going to face things in life and they're difficulties and they're hard and they're not fun to go through. But you have to think, well, maybe God put you there. And I can't tell you specifically why, right? If you're going through a tough situation, maybe God is trying to form you. Maybe God is putting you in a specific place at a specific time to accomplish something. 
and you're putting up with everything else because he sent you to do something and then you're going to, and then he'll move you along. Or maybe he's put you through a bad time so that later you can commiserate with someone else who's gone through a bad time and you can be a support and a beacon for them that ultimately brings them into contact with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. I can't tell it. Even if you give me a specific situation, I can't tell you why. But I can tell you that there are definitely some instances where our, call it persecution, call it oppression, call it suffering. Um, it's fair to say that it's God's fault. And that's not a, that's not God being bad. That's not God somehow being sinful. That is just, mm-hmm. we are hard-headed and sometimes we need aggressive lessons for God to get his point across. Yep. I mean, think about it like, I'm sure you don't have Zeke on a leash, but you could probably think about the dog this way. Um, Every once in a while, our dog will note something in the road and she'll want to chase. She'll want to investigate. And if there's a truck going by, (laughs) that's not the time to investigate. And you need to use something forceful to keep her alive. Um. You mentioned a story not too long ago about a bird that ghost, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, the, the leash didn't, I didn't act quickly enough. That bird died. Um, yeah, but like you run into circumstances where you need forceful, like correction of your actions. And we're talking about the creator of the universe here. So like what better way for him to guide correct and train us than with the creation the thing that he is ultimately lord and master over all of um so yeah there there are always going to be times and and situations and things where god is working to prepare us or correct us and there are also just times where we are facing the general repercussions of our sin. And again, what are we called to do in the, in the midst of that kind of hardship, but lean into God further? Yeah. And this is, this is a place where this is one of the many places where Christian community is so important mm-hmm. because they can speak into those situations in your life and they can say, hey, I know, I know this sucks right now, but I can see God working through this. Or they can help you, they can help remind you, hey, we need to draw closer to God when we face stuff like this. Um, they can point out, maybe it is because you're a bonehead. And they can say, this is on you. And that they do that in a loving, but like uh, having those outside voices in your life can be one of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps your perception and reception of the different things that the different sufferings that are going on in your life, Um, which is a crazy part of our broken nature that when we're going through hard times, we have a tendency to draw into ourselves and to isolate ourselves, even when that is the time where we most need others. Yeah. Because the the part that, we've kind of danced around in this whole episode and haven't really addressed directly, but like 
even when we draw into ourselves, no matter what the hardship is, God is there with us in that hardship. And sometimes we're just too daft to open our own eyes and recognize it. So when we have that community around us, when we have, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ or um, people who have kind of mentored or, or um, parented us in the faith there to just kind of open our eyes and help us recognize the the way that God is continuing to work in our lives. It helps us to better see those things. Um, we're not all going to have the same kind of obvious, like you look back and you see exactly how God was planning things out that, that Moses had where he got shoved into a basket, put in a river and happened to float by the grace of God alone to Pharaoh's daughter. Like that, that is a clear showing of God with him in that moment. We may not have quite that clear a set of circumstances, but we can have confidence that our God is with us in these kinds of hardship or oppression. And sometimes you just need to find someone that's not you. Maybe somebody that's got some wisdom beyond your years that can show you where it's at. Yeah. I think we're ready for takeaways. Am I reading the am I reading the virtual room correctly? I think you are, yeah. Um and if it's okay, I can I can kick us off. Go for it. The takeaway being that suffering or oppression or persecution can come from a variety of different places, but the response to all of them is the same. Look for where God is working and draw closer to that mm -hmm. as much as you are able and however you are able. Mm -hmm. And even when he feels distant, this is my takeaway here, even when he feels distant, recognize that he is still there and you don't have to go about that process of drawing closer to him alone. Like find the people in your life, friends, mentors, confessors, whatever the case may be, who can show you where he is working in your life. Um, just as he was with Moses, just as he was with uh, the people of Israel throughout that time of, of oppression in Egypt. Um, he he is working there for you. And I was trying to think of a clever way to segue this into uh, subscribing to our podcast on whatever platform you use. But <clears throat> I guess if you subscribe to the platform, to the, to the podcast, uh, you we're never that far suffering. away. Well, you could increase your suffering, or you could just never be that far away from us, your favorite Man Buns and Jesus titled podcast. Um, um, and yeah. also, like, share. We would love to see this podcast grow, um, but neither of us are really into self-promotion. That's I'm I'm pretty sure I, I'm fair in saying we're like that's antithetical to who how we go about what we do. Yeah. But we're okay that's with you promoting us. If you can share these up, especially I think this one can be a good one 
to share, especially with people you know who are going through tough times. And, and we hope that kind of a hopeful attitude is what came out of this podcast. Um, and if you're if you received this from a friend and you listened through it um, and you're going through a tough time and that's why this ended up in front of you. Um, we're praying for you, even if we don't know who you are, we're praying for you and we hope um, we hope that God's work is made apparent to you, even in the suffering. Uh, on a much lighter note. Uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're on. And also, we uh, we sell ridiculous merchandise. I'm probably not going to make that other shirt I mentioned earlier in the episode, but we do have... I didn't actually shirt. mention that in the episode, I don't think. Oh, I didn't? No, I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure that was... You know what? Someone comment if, if the platform you listen on supports such things. Comment and let me know if you have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, but we do have a shirt that has silhouettes of our faces on it. And on the back it says... Uh, something to the effect of, I like this podcast so much, I put the host's faces on my shirt. And uh, you can buy it. It's a really nice shirt. It's like the nicest t-shirt I could find for them to print it on. Um, just go to edgewaterlutheran.org slash gear, and you can you can get yourself a, a Man Buns and Jesus shirt. Uh, we do, we are starting season five. We have a bunch of uh, top, we'll be walking through the book of Exodus. We have a bunch of topics and hosts, like uh or guests lined up, but if you have a specific topic you'd like us to cover, especially if you want us to pay close attention to something in Exodus, by all means, let us know. If you would like to come on and talk about some part of Exodus, or you have someone in mind that you think would be good, again, by all means, let us know. And if you have our personal contact, email, phone, whatever, you can use that. If not, if you are, you kind of just stumbled across this podcast and you don't know us personally, Cool. Hi. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Man Buns and Jesus, um, that you can reach out to. We check it from time to time, and we will we'll get your communication that way. So with all of those shameless plugs out of the way, go to church on Sunday. We'll see you there. And uh, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.